Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Roomy Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in the program, William Leahy, Beef and Tillage Business Manager, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, our sponsor, looks at the forthcoming 12th of January Dairy Gold Tillage Conference 2024. Aidan Barry on the forthcoming Positive Farm Conference taking place in Cork in the near future. And Brendan Smitty, signpost climate advisor with Chagas Gnock Griffin, looks at various aspects of the Know Your Own Number. First, an update on Cork West Ploughing. Joining us on the farm programme, Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Caroline, welcome to the programme. You have details now of a forthcoming ploughing match. I do, John. Uh, thanks very much. And Happy New Year to you. Um, McCroon Ploughing Association will hold their annual ploughing match, weather permitting, on tomorrow, Sunday, the 7th of January, on the lands of the Lane family at Tullig, Coachford. And their air code is p 12 F662. So that air code is P12F662. Plowing will commence at 11 a.m. sharp and entry should be with either Daniel on 087-652-3382 or Rosemary 087-2827092 by 10 a.m. today, Saturday, the 6th of January. Those phone numbers again are Daniel on 087-652-3382 or Rosemary on 087-282-7092 and they have to be in by 10 a.m. today, Saturday. The results for the prime match, weather permitting, will be given out in Cool Core House in McCroom at 9 o'clock tomorrow night and their code for that is p one two. E137. That's it, John. Thank you. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. And a very happy 2024 to yourself, Caroline, and to all the members of the Cork West Ploughing Association as we get into the first week or so of 2024. Caroline, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, John. The Roberts Cove New Year Tractor, Truck and Car Run will take place this coming Sunday, January 7th. Registration is at 11.30am at Tracton GA Hall, Menan Bridge. Funds raised will go to the Tracton Community First Responders. New and old machinery will be on view and all are welcome. That's the Roberts Cove New Year Tractor, Truck and Car Run, taking place on Sunday, 7th of January 2024. We're joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme by Mr. Liam Leahy, Beef Tillage Business Manager for the Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, our sponsor. First of all, Liam, welcome to the programme. Would you please remind our listeners about this very important uh, forthcoming event being organised by Dairy Gold? John, uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, yes, it's our Dairy Gold Annual Tillage Conference. Uh, last year was the first year back after a bit of a forced absence due to the pandemic, but... Uh, we got a, an excellent response with a big request for, for us to return this year, and we are. Uh, we're returning on Friday next, that's the 12th of January, uh, again in Carn Mart, because it's a very suitable venue, very well located, and 
you know, very spacious. What's in difference to last year, we have changed the team in the conference this year to suit the, uh, I suppose we call it the agricultural environment or particularly the tillage environment that we're existing or our experience at the moment with it. The team of it this year is building resilience into your tillage business. Building resilience into your tillage business. I suggest no mean task, but something we've got to face up to our tillage farmers, our growers, which are really top-class growers, really, really excellent growers. I suppose the business side of the thing we felt this year needed a greater sense of attention, possibly, um, rather than we call it the agronomy, the agronomy or the day-to-day work, but to look at your business in a more business sense and to make commercial, strong, educated decisions. And we will be focusing very much on that on the day. That's our Tillish Conference on the 12th of January. That's next Friday. At 12 o'clock, we will be starting the event. Now, we will be starting with trade suppliers, our support is as they did last year. Uh, there'll be probably 30, 35 stands in the conference hall. And not in a very commercial way, I suggest, but in an informative way, talking, chatting, talking about new and innovative things that have happened in the last 12 months, supporting growers up in, educating him, helping him to see things maybe just a little bit differently. And that will go on for two hours. There'll be tea and sandwiches for all those who come early just to take him through to the conference. And the conference property will start at 2 o'clock. And it will start sharp at 2 because we're conscious people will want to get away at 2 in the evening. And we plan to be finished at maybe 4.15. Uh, again, this year we've asked Andy Dial to facilitate the meeting. He's very good at those events and being able to get the best out of these events. And our first speaker will be on Lowry. Uh, he's the lead uh, for uh, Bank of Ireland Agricultural Division. Uh, Owen is no stranger to the industry. He has been deputy editor of Farmers Journal. He has worked with in the fertilizer industry in Waterford as manager of Target Fertilizer. He's now with the Bank of Ireland, I said. And coincidentally, Owen and his family run a very significant tillage business in the Midlands. So tillage would be in his vein, so as to speak. So I can think he can speak not alone with authority from his uh, academic uh, position, but also from his, I suppose, his experiences, I dare say, because he's living in it. Then we have Kieran Collins, our second speaker, who's going to chat on, we call it the meat in the sandwich, the everyday challenges and decisions that farmers have to make, again, in a more informed and uh, business-like fashion rather than in an agronomy, in, rather than as an agronomy school. Again, doing the hard figures, making decisions and being able to support them why you make them. Uh, Kieran is no, no stranger to anyone I suggest in the South of Ireland. He's a Chagas tillage specialist in the South, very well known and a huge contributor to tillage industry over the last 20 years in the South of Ireland. A man highly thought of, a uh, very good friend of mine. And then we're going to have what I consider the showcase event of the day. We have a malting barley competition where we have four finalists, one from each area, uh, will be presented with, with their uh, prizes for their achievements. And then, of course, we have the difficult task of picking one overall winner, and that will be announced on the day. The four finalists, the four regional winners have been announced, and they're on our advertise, advertisements and invites that our customers got. And um, we, the judges will pick a, a, a winner to carry the flag for the next 12 months uh, 
they will be, in many respects, the ambassadors of the Maldine Barley industry for, uh, for dairy gold. Uh, that will last for maybe 20, 25 minutes, and then our final speaker will be Robert Coleman from the renowned Coleman family in Castle Magna near Kentor, who are very significant Tillish farmers themselves, and now have gone down the road. And I, I suppose Rob would tell it himself, and he will tell me maybe forced down the road of looking at regenerative and maybe other ways of doing the same job. Maybe not always getting the same yield, but the bottom line is the important thing. And this is what he will be challenging his audience with on the day. And as he said, he didn't learn it in university. He learned this the hard way, which is probably a great way to, to go to uh, present to people because you can sp- pre- present with facts. So that's kind of a summary of our event. We're really looking forward to it. We're hoping for a big crowd because that's what really makes it an event. And while we have sent invites out to our customers, our grain suppliers, we have no objection if some of our other customers, non-grain suppliers, mixed suppliers, some of our other people in the locality wish to attend. We have students coming from some of the third-level colleges this year who would like to attend the event. Um, so, look, it's not just confined to those and the invites. We will be delighted to entertain anyone who turns up on the day. So, Chan, that's the summary of where we're going. And, look, we're looking forward to it, and we just hope that it will be successful and people will enjoy it and get something from the day. Well, certainly a very well-organized panel of speakers there and a great uh, moderator in Andy Doyle. Focusing, as we are, Liam, on tillage and weather, focusing on tillage, what impact is weather likely to have on autumn planting, in your opinion? Yeah, it, it's been a really difficult autumn, Jan, and I suppose what's really made it difficult is the second month. And while growers persisted in getting in crops, because they saw the effects of not getting in last year when you had an extra workload in the spring. They persisted in trying. Do you know what? They didn't really, they didn't really win. They still, we, we here in Cork will probably end up with close enough to our acreage of last year. A different crop mix, I suggest, more wheat than barley, and that's fine. We have no issues with that whatsoever. But if you afford the north to go up, they fail badly, and the planting area is way back significantly again. And look, the weather beat them, that's it. You're taking the chin, you move on. But the bigger issue here is it's going to put horrendous pressure on spring seed supplies. Something that the seed industry are working day and night at trying to fulfill this known deficit that's going to be in this spring uh, seed uh, supply issue now. And there will be some important seed to try and fill this gap. But I know they're genuinely worried about it. And look, it's something we got to face up with. There's no one assembling seed twice as much cheese as they should in any year. And that's what could be looked at this year, probably a 50% increase in spring planting. Some of us there last year, and it's very hard to budget for that. So, look, I've no doubt, and I'm fully confident, that the seed industry will pull every, for a better word, rabbit out of the hat to fulfil this deficit. But, look, growers may not just get what the, the variety that they wanted. Um, they may not get the quantity that they wanted, but there will be, I'm fairly confident that there will be a supply seed there. Uh, it's just been awful difficult. And, you know, I know it's awful difficult in the growers. It's equally indus- in the difficult in the industry that's working for the growers. So, you know, it, it, look, we're all, for the better word, fishing out the same pond except for different fish, then, you know. 
seed availability may pose problems. Now, feeding sales for autumn and the importance of purchasing our native-grown cereals and beans, and I know Dairy Gold is renowned for, wherever possible, promoting sales of native-grown cereals and beans, the importance of purchasing native-grown Irish cereals and beans. Yes, John, look, you've said it all there without me even commenting on it. It's something that's very close to our heart as a business. Um, we we have a very strong tillage business, uh, very strong um, supporters, very strong bunch of growers who support us. And it's only right and proper that we've seen to support them on the back of this. But the greater picture here is tillage industry in Ireland is required massively for environmental reasons, for security, for product security reasons. There's so many reasons why you can support the Irish grain. And we in Dairy Gold are going to continue to do that. And that includes beans as a protein source, which we find absolutely suitable. But, you know, the, the past autumn has been quite enough in feed now. There's no point to be nice about this. The dairy, the, the dairy side of the house, the, the wheels fell off the wagon, so to speak, from early October. Um, a lot of dairy lads dried up cows early this year. I think they were tired. I think they were battle-worn after a difficult, wet, wet year. Meat prices had retreated to a place, you know, they weren't bad prices, but they'd come, they'd come back a lot from where they were. And I think a lot of the, the dairy lads took an opportunity to uh, maybe take a, a bit of a siesta for a year, or take, uh, not a year, so just for a month. They're, a lot of them walked right through Christmas last year because the price of meat was very high. They decided to meet through. Those guys get tired and they, they just needed, a, I think, a break. Uh, beef sales have been very, very um, strong. We'd be very happy with them. And a huge requirement and request for an inclusion of native cereals, types of feed. Uh, we find that the beef lead is very, has a very close affinity with, with, with native growing uh, cereals and beans, probably more so than the dairy, to be honest about it. But uh, they recognise it for its quality. They're willing to support it, and they have really moved a lot of our stock. So we'd be very happy with it. And the quality of the of the feeds that you get from the inclusion, we have a one ration there, Gold Farm beef, which is 100% Irish. There is many else in the bag. The minerals are being imported. Everything else is Irish: wheat, beans, oats, and barley. And I mean, it's a super ration. That's a very very popular ration, and growers keep coming back for it. They're getting very high performance from it. The quality of our grain this year is excellent, despite the difficult harvest we had. Obviously, it wouldn't be at last year's standards, but last year's standards, I dare say, were visibly high. Probably in my lifetime, I'm not so sure that I experienced the harvest like we had last year. But yet, our standards of harvest this year were more than adequate, and we're very happy with the, the grain we've assembled. So, John, look, we're going to continue to support it. That's, the sec- that's our second aim, Irish, as much as we can. And uh, we're, we're only delighted to do it, and we will be promoting that whole team truck conference next Friday, please, God. Looking at a situation where there's competition between the dairy sector and the tillage sector for available land. Probably the elephant in the room, really, John, you know. Um, we have very, very good tillage growers, very professional, very heavily mechanised, with industries built around X acres, not just because they want to farm X acres, but because they have to. I mean, the profit margin in tillage is much different than what it was 25 years ago, and yet the cost of living has gone up many times since then. So people are forced to farm bigger swaths of land to, to even to stand still. 
And while at the same time, which is something that's not really hitting the public media at all to the degree that I thought it, should, it would, our base payments, as is known now, or our area support payments, for any term you want, to check in the post, some people might still call it, that's been eroded away through modulation to probably half, if not a third of what it was, going back 10, 10 years ago. So the support payments in tillage, which were the life and, life and blood of it for many years, are gone now. Are not gone, but they're vastly eroded. The tillage growers are very anxious to continue to do what they love doing, and they're brilliant at it, and they're probably some of the best tillage farmers in the world or in Western Europe and in Ireland, I would say, has probably the high seals in some of the high seals in the world. But land is going to become a problem. And the problem isn't they're making, they're probably victims of the circumstances as as um, livestock owners are forced to denitrify their holding. And what that basically means is to take more land to use, apply less nitrogen to hold a relatively static number of cattle or simply get less cattle on the same quantity of land. And there lies the devil. There, livestock owners are probably anxious to defend their corner as well from the point of view of maintaining their business model with X number of cows or X number of beefs, cattle, whatever their enterprise may be. There's only so much land there and there's driving a price war. Now, that's not a healthy situation for any business to be in. It's not a healthy situation for any country in. The one thing that's really in danger, I feel, in this is that tillage has so much to offer, the the National Environmental Inventory. And it's in a difficult place to defend itself financially because the margin in tillage simply don't compare, particularly with dairy. And that's fine. That's that's dairy's good look and good work. But at the same time, I think that the government needs to stand up and take a, a, a more direct approach in this. If that's what they feel is the right thing to do from the point to do of protecting our tillage area. Because, John, we have tillage growers who have made it quite clear, even in a recent publication the last couple of days, I, I think I read, that they're going to defend or try and defend their tillage area. And I admire them for it once it doesn't break them. Because, like, the margin in tillage is paper thin. And there's something we will be discussing at our tillage conference. There are ways of mitigating this risk, such as crop rotation, such as crop choices, such as forward selling, more prudent business management. There's also ways maybe of coming together with a local livestock farmer and going into, I won't say necessarily a business partnership, but an understanding of organic manures swapping from farm to farm. And maybe, maybe forage crops are cereal crop grown and finding their way onto the livestock farm. But I feel, and I feel very strong, I feel that is a real opportunity, but it must be done with policy and government direction. I don't think that a deal on the side of the road is good enough for this. There's too many variables and there's too many things could go wrong. I think it has to be done with a structure and government policy. And I think it really needs to be, I dare say, investigated more. We have some of the stronger or more notable scientists in Chagas now suggesting that maybe exporting sorry, isn't the right way to go at all. That that livestock farmers should go and take more land. Now, that's a message that's causing a lot of frustration and confusion, I say, at tillage level and at dairy level for that matter. But look, it's a very difficult place and there's X amount of land there. There's two people who want to protect their industry. 
and it needs, I think, I genuinely think that it needs policy uh, intervention to take the heat out of this rental land because the prices that have been paid, the only winner is people who own land and they don't farm it at all. And you could say that's their good look, and it probably is. But food production will be put at risk, I dare say. Look, that's only my opinion. Uh, it's, 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 it's governing a lot of debate at the moment, and it's a very hot issue. It's a very difficult issue. And I don't fancy Minister, Minister McConnell trying to deal with it because it's a real, real difficult issue to deal with. But I think that there has to be some coming together of both industries and the reality to prevail to some degree. But I genuinely think it will need government to lead in this one. And it's all very fine to say I'm going to defend my area. And I, you know, I'm on for it and support them. But once it adds up, and look, it will add up for some businesses, other businesses mightn't. But this is another thing that we'll be covering in conferences. It's so, so important that we understand our business and our exposure and how we can mitigate it. Um, look, I, I don't know. What do you say? Look, the, the, the tillage industry are probably... One of the greatest catalysts for environmental correction we have in this country. And I dare say they are fairly exposed at the moment to the other sectors of farming. And they're not so sure can they defend us in a financially secured way, John. I'd be quite concerned about it at the moment, you know. And as we've discussed many times, and it's still controversial, but there has been a 10-year extension, a reprieve for another 10 years for glyphosate. And although we know there could be question marks over that, at least for tillage farmers, if they have an assurance, a guarantee that glyphosate's there for 10 years, 10 years remission, at least that's one less body blow which they had been anticipating. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I suppose in many respects, because uh, probably the most essential tool in the box of a farmer, in many respects now, maybe some, I would say, I dare say there's probably a tillage farmer, there's not a tillage farmer that doesn't use glyphosate in some part of the year or has to use it to control grass weeds, to, you know, to, well, basically to control grass weeds, to control any weed for that matter. And it's a very, very important chemical. Now, it was the balance, the vote within the EU was held in balance on two votes without getting too specific about it. It was voted on by a committee and it was re-voted on by an extended committee. And the end result was principally the same. But the governing body, the EU, decided to step in at that stage and they approved it for 10 years on the grounds that there was no scientific uh, reasons to ban it on health grounds. Now, I'm not a chemist, I'm not a scientist, I'm not going to be able to get into that debate, but I, I had a full conference on what our EU governing body said. It's a very important chemical to use. I do think there will be controls put on the chemical, maybe from an amenity use point of view, maybe you might, and I'm not saying you will know, but it's possible that you could see it maybe being withdrawn from places like garden centres or maybe the concentrations of it being used. There will be some changes to it, but going forward, growers tillage growers, professional tillage growers that are properly trained, properly registered, uh, buying reputable products from reputable sources and have it with a proper recommendation. I don't think they have nothing to fear in the short term. Uh, I think the bigger picture here too is that food security has become, it's gone way up the agenda in Europe at the moment for, for all obvious reasons with the instability and 
the Western world and away probably in the Middle East as well and maybe times for making drastic changes just weren't right and I think they felt that maybe it was better off to maintain a secure uh, source of supply of food rather than being trained to let into maybe a little bit of the unknown that's life without glyphosate so look it's a debate I think I'd, as an individual I'd be very happy that it was a debate that's backed by science and I've no doubt that the tillage fraternity will be absolutely responsible in their application with having the money to be throwing around the place in any case, and they will be uh, responsible and always have been responsible in the way they use the, the particular molecule. Please, Liam, sum up our conversation by reminding listeners the date of the Dairy Gold Annual Tillage Conference 2024, the date, venue, and some of the keynote speakers. Yeah, again, just to comment on it, the conference is next Friday, Friday the 12th of January at the Corn Event Centre in Redcormock. Um, the event will start at 12 o'clock. Uh, firstly, the first part of the event is two sections. 12 until 2 is primary where our trade supporters come and support us on day. And please come along, chat to them on a one-to-one basis on very, very, we call it, focused things rather than in a broad way. And they will speak to you privately and give you their opinions. Then the second part, uh, there will be teen sandwiches for all in attendance at that stage uh, prior to the conference. Um, then our second part of the event will be the conference itself, where we have own Lowry, head of the Agri in Bank of Ireland, specifically speaking and the financing and uh, we call it the risk management of a modern day uh, tillage enterprises from his point of view. Kieran Collins is going to state the facts of the case where the, the economics of, of the industry is at the moment and no better man to do it, I suggest. And then we have our Martin Bailey competition winners, which I'm really looking forward to. They're our ambassadors coming for the coming year, please, God. They'll be appointed. And in the fine speaker of the Coleman family, Robin Billy Coleman, and I suppose I should say Robert at this stage, even though Billy will be there, I have no doubt on the day to support it. And he'll fo- focus very much on how they've changed and adapted their business to mitigate costs, to take on the challenges, and to make sure that their business remains sustainable, along with environmental sustainability practices. So that's kind of a nutshell where we are. Everyone is welcome. 12, starting at 12, should be over at about 4.15, 4.30. There's significant food for everyone after the after the event. And what we really like to see people are doing is sit down and chat for a while with people that they haven't maybe met since this time last year. It's a social event as much as everything else, John. And look, we're really hoping, we're asking for a good crowd to come out and support it. We get as big a kick out as anyone, believes me, because, you know, it's our way of saying maybe just thank you back to our customers, just a small thanks back to our customers after a difficult year. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Liam Leahy, Beef and Tillage Business Manager, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society, our sponsor. Liam, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure, Dan. Thank you very much. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme, Mr. Brendan Smithy, Signpost Climate Advisor, Chagas, Knock Griffin, Middleson and County Cork. First of all, Brendan, welcome to the programme. Now, I understand you have details of educational courses taking place fairly soon and also some calf care events. Chagas have teamed up with um, AHI um, and basically have a series of calf care events organised uh, throughout the month of January. Look, it basically to keep farmers informed of best practice from a husbandry and management point of view and delivering the best performance for calves, look, as I said, while in their care. Um, now, 
they're on for the duration of January, but look, just for next week, the most immediate ones coming up for for, for next week um, is one next next Monday, the eighth of January, on the farm of uh, John and James Magner um, in Killavolan, County Cork, and next Friday, the twelfth of January, there's a walk on John and Marie Hurley uh, in Dunmanway. Now, look, there'll be text going out from local co-ops. Um, that would be involved in these as well, and from Chagas. So, as I say, and look, they'll be advertised on the media as well. Um, and look, there's other events then happening throughout the month of January, maybe on, on, on other farms and locations. So people can just be be aware of those. Um, so, and the other thing then that's coming up is uh, Noreen O'Reilly, um, working out at Ch- Chagas in Mallow, is organising a new part-time uh, green start course um, starting in January operating kind of bit between the Mallow and from my office. Um, and I suppose, look, this course is uh, accredited to uh, a QQY level five and level six. Um, and I suppose, look, education for, for, for the young people, look, that are starting their farming careers. Um, look, it gives people the up-to-date practical technical knowledge um, and skills, uh, you know, to help them perform to, perform to their best. But look, I, I suppose, obviously, as well as that, from a taxation point of view, the green search is required for the young farmers' temp duty relief um, and for farm succession. And I suppose, look, in relation to TAMS and various other um, capital schemes um, and the, 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 the women's TAM scheme that's there at the moment. So I suppose, look, if people have any questions or any or, or require any further information on, 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 on that uh, new part-time green search course, they can contact uh, Noreen O'Reilly, um, in the Mallow office uh, at 022 21936 um, or uh, as I say look it's probably the easiest easiest contact point at the moment um, and look I suppose look if anyone is, is interested in, in that course I think they might be interested in that course if they'd make contact with Noreen as soon as possible um, you know in relation because that course is starting is, is starting imminently A few of the things which um, farmers or listeners should be doing seeing as we're now just into the new year 2024 Yeah well, I suppose, look, um, some people, I suppose, shall say, thankfully, we're into a new year. Um, look, I suppose everybody will remember 2023 uh, as a very wet year, um, number one. But look, I suppose from all farming enterprises, look, has been a very, very challenging spell. Um, and look, I suppose, look, as I say, the, the, the new year has brought a new dawn and it's time to look forward, I suppose, at this stage. Um, so I suppose, look, the, the, the things I would say maybe look for one side of it is the time to reflect. There is, I suppose, an awful lot of talk of change, you know, in maybe farming, in maybe national and European policies. And maybe, you know, I suppose for one thing for people to get up to speed, maybe, you know, in changes that, that maybe will affect or may or may not affect their business, um, you know, from that point of view. But I suppose, look, at the same time, you know, to, to reflect on 2023, you know, and 2022, I suppose, which was the opposite in terms of being an exceptionally good year from weather and prices. So, look, we've had had, had the extremes kind of coming in. But, you know, maybe, to, look, go back and the likes of, you know, the Chagas Profit Monitor or some other kind of financial analysis tool. And, look, I, I suppose by looking at the financials, that have happened on the farm to also look maybe at the physical physical outputs and the physical things on the farm. And maybe as you look forward to the future, maybe, you know, what adjustments are necessary, um, you know, for, for, for your own farm business to operate at its optimum. Um, you know, and I suppose, look, in the next couple of weeks, I suppose, um, 
you know, pre-calving from, from, from the dairy and suckler side of it, you know, and for the tillage side of before field work, look, it's a good time maybe to get up to speed, number one, but look to talk to your advisor or consultant. And, you know, I suppose the important thing that I would see at this stage, John, is people look for the solutions that are there. I suppose, look, there's been, an, like, why we, we have seen over the past, there's been a lot of challenges, um, you know, that have kind of come and gone. You know, but with challenges come opportunities, and you know it's it, it's looking to the future at that stage as to what 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 people just need to do. Look to basically what are the right things for people to do to keep their business moving forward. Now, of course, Brendan as signpost climate advisor with Chagaskin Knock Griffin, obviously emissions, farm emissions. You'll be offering solutions or steps on the way towards reaching our farm emission targets. So, planning to reduce farm emissions. Could you highlight uh, some of the main points which would help farmers meet with the target, even though some people feel it's uh, you know, out of their reach? But nonetheless, if you take it stage by stage, you may be able to give indications of the right direction. Yeah. I suppose, look, again, look, Jen, the fundamentals of any farm business or any business or a farm business it needs to be sustainable, look, and the sustainability, I suppose, look, kind of comes from a profitability point of view. But um, I suppose the other t- legs in the stool that are becoming just equally as important, in, in, you know, uh, in recent years have been the environmental um, component of that and look, the social one in terms of, you know, as, as I say, kind of coming in. Um, and look, I suppose, like, if we look at the environmental side, side of, of, of the house, Look, there's been an awful lot of talk, I suppose, you know, around, you know, the slurry storage and the nitrates side of things. But I suppose the other the other aspect that's kind of coming in under the environmental side of things at the moment is this whole issue of climate change, um, you know, and what people need to do. And I suppose, look, the, the, the necessity for, I suppose, all aspects of life to reduce emissions. And look, agriculture, I suppose, from this point of view is no different. Um, you know, so I suppose within, uh, look, a, a sustainability model, uh, um, I suppose, look, we're just looking at, look at helping and guiding farmers in terms of being able to reduce their own on-farm emissions, what they can kind of do inside, inside the farm gate. Um, and look, there's a lot of st- other stakeholders involved, you know, as I say, in, in terms of trying to move, move this forward. Chagas have set up... Um, the, the signpost advisory program of which the, there's advisors in each region um, that are basically look available to all stakeholders in the industry be they Chagas farmer clients non-clients you know industry um, suppliers agents whoever you know you know in, in having a conversation I suppose in, in terms of, of, of the, the, the emissions and profile on, on, on farms and how, how they can be improved Brendan Agnav, uh, farmers hear a lot about Agnav, knowing your number, making your plan, and Agnav as a forecaster tool. Would you please um, explain in kind of plain terms what exactly Agnav is and how Agnav can be very useful in uh, helping reach our target for farm emissions? So Agnav, what exactly is this? Yeah, I suppose, look, as you said, John, it's a step. It's a sustainability um, digital platform. So it's basically de- it's a developed con- in, in con- by three parties, Chagas, Borbia, and ICBF. So basically it, what it enables, I suppose, also as, as sustainability advisors, it basically enables us to do a sustainability assessment on the farm 
and basically kind of come up with decision support um, function, basically the decision support function within the programme. So it helps us to guide maybe kind of directions that the farmer can take to improve their emissions. Um, I suppose, you know, when we kind of take it back, the challenge at this stage, look, with um, nitrogen levels being reduced, um, you know, and, and reductions kind of coming in there, the challenge, I suppose, at farm level is going to be to continue to maintain fodder output, um, you know, with less allowable inputs in the system. You know, and the old basic aspects of, you know, a farm management, I suppose, you know, come back to the fore here again, um, you know, in terms of soil fertility and the need to have soil fertility at, at, at its optimum. Um, because, look, that's the fundamental, I, I suppose, basis of basically where grass silage and crops are going to grow from. Um, and the when we take it into the system at this stage, I suppose, um, where the likes of clover can contribute to helping um, to maintain growth with, with with less nitrogen. And look, and I suppose that, you know, is quite visible, you know, especially on the signpost farms at this stage, where, look, uh, this has been put into practice and people are achieving this. I suppose the other immediate thing for, for farmers at this stage, and again, looking at maybe what, they, what they're doing inside their own gate, um, you know, from a financial point of view in terms of purchasing fertiliser inputs, but also in planning what's required. Um, look, I suppose the need to pull out, you know, and to look at the soil sample results that they have and plan their fertiliser and slurry spreading plans accordingly. Um, from, I suppose, from an emissions point of view and an emissions reduction point of view, Jen, uh, the use of protected urea, I suppose, look, while it has been increasing over the last number of years, it, you know, continue, I suppose, there's, there's a requirement for that, for the use of the, of, the, of, of this to, to, to increase further, um, you know, and I suppose to, to combine that with the high P and K compounds, um, you know, at, at, for use at farm level, which by using the higher P and K compounds, depending on, on the requirements based on your soil results, it, it basically it was an ink easier to incorporate kind of the protected jury at that stage. Also, again, not to use size of sulfur and the necessity to apply sulfur, um, you know, basically for various crops. Um, so I suppose going back to the, 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 the first part, John, like it is it look, the next couple of weeks are a time for planning. Um, and look, as people are kind of, look, as I say, planning, you know, make an outlist of jobs that need to be done. Look, fertiliser purchases is generally, you know, is, is definitely one that's on the list. So I would say kind of go back and review that, um, you know, and you're reviewing that, I suppose. And again, what we've mentioned there in terms of, of, of one's own farm plan for those, look, that have engaged with the signpost advisors in terms of completing, um, you, you know, a, a, as I say, an AGNAV an, an Agna programme, you know, and, and, and knowing their number. But for those that don't and haven't engaged in that yet, again, I suppose just using the right products on the farm. And again, as I said earlier on, John, just using the right, doing the right thing um, to improve their own their own situation inside inside the gate. And I suppose, look, the one that's quite often forgotten here is lime, is the foundation of all fertiliser plants. Um, and look, with the wet autumn, um, there was, I suppose, some lime that should have been spread. Look, it wasn't possible to do it because conditions were difficult. So again, maybe look to factor that into the early part of the year as well from that point of view. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Brendan Smitty, Signpost, Climate Advisor, Chagas, not Griffin Middleton. Thanks a million. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you very much, John.
Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Aidan Brennan, a member of the Organising Committee for the Positive Farmers Conference, taking place fairly soon in Cork. Yes, John, so it's on the 10th and 11th of which is next Wednesday and Thursday. It's on the Radisson Blue Hotel, Little Island, just outside Cork City. And John, it's aimed at all farmers, not just dairy farmers, but the majority of people that attend would tend to be dairy farmers. It's a two-day event, as you say. I suppose it's different from every other conference in the sense that this is a really positive conference, hence the name Positive Farmers Conference. We want to attract really positive, like-minded people. We have people coming in from all over the world to speak at this, notably Paul Bird, who's coming in all the way from New Zealand. He's going to talk about how to set up your farm business to be profitable, efficient, and I suppose environmentally friendly. So he's a really good draw. Uh, he's been in Ireland before, uh, but great to have Paul back again this year. Now, again, succession, that's something that people shy away from discussing, but suddenly they're forced under perhaps very unfavourable circumstances, uh, high-costing tax mm. situations. So succession, I understand you have a very prominent speaker who will address the issue of succession. Yeah, so we're taking this, John, from three angles. Number one, we've got the professional view. So Claire O'Keefe is an expert working in this area of succession planning among farmers. Then we have a farmer who has already retired. Anthony Best is a farmer from Waterford who retired about two years ago. And I suppose we're getting his perspective on what life was like post-retirement, how he planned his retirement and what he's doing with himself now. And he has a very interesting story because while the farmer is leased out, he's still actively involved in, in, in dairy farming, which is a great story to tell. And we also have the Power family from Waterford as also. And there, I suppose, Tom and Moya will be in their 40s. But they already have a succession plan in place, and they're going to explain their story and what you know their experiences, and I suppose the, the advantages that they had in the sense that their um, Tom's father transferred the farm to, to Tom at a young age, so he had, he had the opportunities to grow, to progress the farm business, and now he's doing the same for his own children. So I suppose that succession is, is hugely important, and, and we're covering it really well at the Positive Farmers. PositiveFarmers.ie, www.positivefarmers.ie. They can see the full lineup, the two days of the event. There's a banquet on the middle, the night in between, and uh, they can book their tickets online as well. So it's on next Wednesday and Thursday, the 10th and 11th of January at Radisson Blue Hotel. But book your tickets online at www.positivefarmers.ie. Golden opportunity. We often hear of New Zealand and people learning from visits to New Zealand at various ages. But there is a bonus masterclass opportunity. That's right, and there's only a small number of places left, so people need to book early. But this is an additional, I suppose, it's an additional bonus for those that are attending the conference in the sense that they can go and attend our workshop-type session with Paul Bird. That's the New Zealand expert I mentioned a while ago. He's well used to running workshops where farmers can engage on 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 a close basis with their own costs. To ask questions that they might not, you know, of profitability, return on capital, those kind of technical financial terms that maybe farmers aren't fully adept to. And uh, this is an opportunity for them to attend. So anyone that, that books in time will get access to the bonus masterclass, which is on each morning. If you want to book and you'd prefer to use the phone, that's 87 645 7987 for booking the Positive Farmers Conference or alternatively, if you're happy with the website, www.positivefarmers.ie and the topics we just run through the topics you might list, uh, you know, the key topics which will be of interest to any and every type of farmer or indeed any and every type of business person. 
Yes, John. So the opening session is on milk price. So where we have we have the the, the CEO of of Jim Berg and the CEO of Pierlon Co-op giving his overview of where milk prices are going to be for the coming years. Then we're looking into the as I mentioned, it's the Paul Burge, the, the New Zealand expert who's talking about business planning, setting up the farm business for profitability. We're looking at calves, the whole issue around live export, calf welfare is really topical, so we're covering that and farmers that have taken on board sex semen, taken on board more beef, that's all being covered. We're also looking then at, as I say, succession is a big part of it, but mental health as well, and it's a huge aspect of, of farming that we sometimes neglect the importance of mental health. So that's been covered at the Positive Farmers Conference with Will Evans, a UK dairy farmer who's coming over to speak on that topic. We also have Ed Dale, another UK dairy farmer, a well-known dairy farmer. He's going to look at how we can reduce cost of production on farms, along with Paul Birch from New Zealand. Speaking there, Mr. Aidan Brennan, a member of the organising committee of the Positive Farmers two-day conference, 10th and 11th of January 2024, venue Radisson Blue Hotel in Cork. People who began the Positive Farmers Conference. So, John, it's going on over 20 years at this stage. It was established by Mike Murphy, a well-known Cork dairy farmer, and Con Hurley, a Cork-based dairy journalist who used to work for the Farmers Journal. So over 22 years ago, they established Positive Farmers Conference to combat some of the negativity within farming. It's been a huge success. It continues to power on year after year, and uh, it's great to be part of it now. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Aidan Brennan, a member of the organising committee of the Positive Farmers Conference, 10th and 11th of January, 2024, Radisson Blue Hotel in Cork. And to book, please check out www.positivefarmers.ie or phone 087-645-7987 if you're more comfortable with the phone. Aidan, thank you very much indeed and good luck with your conference. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. And that's our Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony, News Editor, 96FM and C103, to Miss Marie Tuig, who creates the podcast for Farm Talk each week, to our guests and all who took part in this week's Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. The Farm Talk programme, Saturdays, 7am to 8am, and Wednesday evenings, 10pm to 11pm. Also in podcast form on the C103 homepage. The C103 homepage Farm Talk podcast compiled by Murray Tuig, 96FM and C103 news reporter and news reader. A very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.